Washburn here. And that moment we've been waiting for has finally fucking arrived. Bossy Power Bottom Wear is now officially live on RonnieWashburn.com. That's R-A-O-N-I Washburn.com for purchase. Bossy Power Bottom Wear. The gay lifestyle and clothing line that unapologetically describes what it means to live your best gay life and show others through your clothing that you bottom like a boss. Want to know more? Go to RonnieWashburn.com now. That's R-A-O-N-I Washburn.com and find out for yourself what it truly means to bottom like a boss with bossy power bottom wear. The following is brought to you by Bossy Power Bottom Productions. I sort of feel like ghosting and friend zoning are pretty much the exact same thing. I mean, think about it. You end up feeling the exact same way. One just has a really good explanation that may or may not be bullshit. And the other just has this big looming question mark over your head that you will never know the answer to ever. So which would you prefer? Picture this. You wake in the morning and you grab your phone and check your grinder first thing and to your complete and total surprise it just so happens to be a message from that hot jock top that you've been eyeing on your grinder grid for weeks but he doesn't actually want to fuck you instead he actually wants to see if you want to go grab a drink or if you want to go grab food or if you just want to get some coffee or go on a hike or he is basically asking you out on a date and you just cannot believe that this hot jock top that you feel is so far beyond out of your league is actually trying to get you of all people to go on a date and you get this butterflies in your stomach and get so excited you accept you decide that you're gonna go on a coffee date you meet with this hot jock top you have said coffee date and the best part is is not only did you have a great time but he also asked if you guys could see each other again and he didn't take you home to have sex and in your mind that has to mean that this guy is in to you fast forward to about a month and a half later and things are going really well you're actually getting to know this hot jock top and you're having a great time and you begin to wonder what's happening here are we dating like should i ask is it too early i don't want to see the wrong things what do i do and when are we gonna have sex by the way i mean after all it's already been about a month and a half and i'm just wondering when i can get some of that hot jock top dick and then something happens that you just did not see coming you really start to develop feelings for this guy everything you wanted and more is happening you wake up each morning with a big smile on your face this guy makes you feel all the feelings that you just were waiting for to manifest 
in your mind and your body and your soul and your spirit. It's all coming together. It's perfect. And then you get a text message one morning telling you that he has decided to friend zone you and you just really don't have any of the reasons why. So sit back, relax, put on that condom or pop your prep pill. And let's explore the entire notion of what it means when we actually have to talk about why somebody just friend zoned you and uh, what, uh, what the fuck? <laughs> I thought everything was going so well. Oh, God. now listening to My Gay Expose Podcast, a show that unperfectly describes what it's like when life has you fucked in the head while being fucked from behind. I'm Ronnie Washburn, a writer, LGBTQ plus community activist, self-proclaimed, messy, loudmouthed, and somewhat semi-passable podcast host, popper sommelier, porn star, fluffer in training, and local San Francisco bossy power bottom that just so happens to be on the left of you on your grinder grid. And this is My Gay Expose Podcast. Ronnie Washburn here. And welcome back to the show that really just will always friend zone you every time. My Gay Expose Podcast. And on this week's expose, we explore the entire notion of what it means when guys actually, and it's always, always on text, you guys, always over text, which totally makes it that much more of a blow, I feel personally, because sometimes texts are really just so hard to interpret, right? So why do guys continuously friend zone us when we're in that moment of just really into it, really into the guy, things are going so well, you have no idea it's coming and then bam, out of nowhere, you've just been friend zoned. And would you actually rather be friend zoned or ghosted? Like what's your preference? That's the question that was asked this week to a few of my friends, as well as all of you hot jock tops and bossy power bottoms out there. And we'll collect some of those answers. And I have to say this week, quite interesting. Some perspectives that not even I would think of are revealed this week. And really, you guys, this week, I'm just going to dive into like several different scenarios in my life where guys have like friend zoned me. And some of the texts that they send when they friend zone me uh, make me read the text over and over again, feeling just as confused at the text as the reasons why they're friend zoning me. And then 
On other moments, like some of these texts make perfect sense, but do I really buy that excuse that you're giving me right now? What's the real reason why I'm being friend-zoned in this moment? That's what I fucking want to know. So I'm going to reveal several of these stories to you, and I'm actually going to read the text messages verbatim that they sent to me, to all of you this week, and you can decide for yourself if these guys are full of shit or not. And I honestly think they're full of shit, all of them. I mean, who would want to turn this down, right? (laughs) Oh, God. But first, before we actually do get friend zone via text, first, let's hop into this week's free expose. Welcome to this week's re-expose, the segment in which I take the time to reassess, re-examine, re-explain, restart over, or just re-say shit that I said in past episodes that you didn't really understand, I didn't really understand, or, you know, once I re-listened through for an edit, I was like, oh, fuck, what was I thinking you know, and they're in some situations, y'all just come for me and try to call me out on stuff that I've said. So I feel like I need to readdress all of it. This is that segment where we just take all of that and we just re-expose. <laughs> okay, you guys, so listen. So last week's episode, ugh, it was so funny. Okay, so it was, I'm somewhere in between Twink and daddy. And truthfully, this is where I totally feel like I am and have felt this way for a long time. And you know, again, just like I said in the episode, it might be a heavy set case of delusion. And maybe I am tiptoeing into daddyhood, but I am not willing to be a daddy just yet. The only daddy that I am is to my 16 year old son. And that is it. I am nobody else's daddy. And obviously, I look at myself in the mirror every day and realize that I once was a twink, but I am a twink no more. But somebody actually DM'd me and asked me how it was that I was able to pull an episode that I recorded a year and a half ago and basically just make it sound like I recorded it yesterday because it's literally like the same tone, the same vibe, the same feel, the same everything. And guess what? You're absolutely right. Like, I probably could have passed that off as an episode I recorded yesterday, except for the fact that I referenced several times in the episode that I was single and fucking all the time. And I just didn't want any of you out there for one moment to think that, you know, because now I'm engaged to be married to my beautiful fiance, Nikesh, that I didn't want anyone to think that, you know, listen, you guys are always going to get all the relatable bullshit that you want each and every week from this show, regardless of my engagement or my, you know, commitment to somebody. It's always going to be that messy, deranged, my gay expose podcast that you keep coming back for more each and every week. It's always going to be the same shit. But sometimes I feel like I have to actually timestamp shit because people actually come. Oh, so you're not like, being monogamous anymore or oh so did you guys break up already or oh so and see this is the actual kind of shit that I fucking hate and makes me realize like maybe I shouldn't have announced that I'm fucking engaged on this goddamn show except for you know what I don't give a fuck so guess what you guys 
I'm still engaged. I'm still waiting to be married. And I'm still going to talk about being like a slut and a hoe and a whore and sleeping with a thousand guys and like all the messy and deranged, like fucked up stories from my gay walk of shame era. It's all going to continue to spew out live on this show. So don't worry. It's not going anywhere. But yeah, I kind of felt like I had to timestamp that shit so that none of y'all came for me. But yet somehow some of you continue to still do even still. And it just blows my mind. It kind of makes me wonder what you listen to and what you miss sometimes. And maybe I'm not like saying the right words or maybe that it's not coming out in the right way. And maybe I need to re-expose but really, just pay more attention, you guys. That's it. <laughs> and speaking of paying more attention, you guys, listen. I need all of you in this moment to go over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify and follow Blood is Thicker Than Alcohol. It's show number two. I am officially double dipping in the podcast world. And at the time of this recording, we've got five episodes out for the entire world to consume and digest. And you guys, I have to say, once again, I am having a blast with my brother recording the show. It's just so much fun to actually start with a topic and play telephone all the way to the end and realize that we weren't even talking about the same thing anymore. How did we get here? And where did this come from? It's just so much fucking fun. And of course, you know, we're taking shots along the way. So it makes it just that much more interesting. I have to say, one thing, though, that I think is so fucking funny about this show. So I, my brother and I have two completely different alcohol tolerances, like four or five shots. I'm wasted. My brother, however, on one of the episodes, he ended up taking 11 motherfucking shots. And at the end of the episode, I'm like, are you drunk? And he's like, not even buzzed. It just blows my fucking mind <laughs> as to how much fucking alcohol this bitch can consume. And I'm literally shot four and I wake up the next morning after the recording and I don't remember the like last 30 minutes. It's just, it's, it's so much fucking fun, you guys. So uh, just tune into Blood is Thicker Than Alcohol and just witness this drinking train wreck. I promise you, it will not disappoint. And on that note, I have to say, I'm just going to pat myself on the back a little bit. You know, I critique the fuck out of every single podcast I listen to out there. And I will say this, this blood is thicker than alcohol. Like the concept for this show, the idea, it's far different than anyone else is doing out there. And I am so fucking proud of myself. This is fucking good podcasting. This is podcasting at its fucking finest. And I, I don't want to toot my own horn here, but I'm going to go ahead and toot my own horn. I am so proud of this show, you guys. And I need all of you to get on board. Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Follow, subscribe, rate, review, all of it. Give us a five-star rating and listen up every Tuesday. For blood is thicker than alcohol. So before we get my gay expose, that just so happens to have a, uh, that moment where you actually unpin that guy that you've been seeing for weeks in your contacts list at the top and put him right back down 
intermingled with everybody else that you don't really care about as much because, well, you just got friend zoned. Themed undertone first. Let's get your gay expose. And this week, the question was asked to a few of my friends, as well as all of you hot jock tops and bossy power bottoms out there. Okay, so this is the scenario that I asked this week. You're at the very beginning stages of dating someone that you really like, but it's inevitably going to end and he's going to end it with you. Which scenario would you prefer? Being friend-zoned or being ghosted? And explain. So let's get some of those responses now. Michael says, hmm, this is a tough question. On one hand, I'd like to be friend-zoned because, well, I hate to think that I wasted my time investing energy into somebody just to never speak to them again. But on the other hand, uh, I want to know all the reasons why. And so I really just don't know. I guess I would prefer to be friend-zoned. But once I get to know you, I'm going to ask all the questions. Ben says, ghost me. I just don't want to know why. Nikesh says, friend zone, because there is still an opportunity for something special to be there instead. And you know, you guys listen, Nikesh is my fiance. And of course he picks the, you know, in my opinion, the right thing to do type of situation because Let's just face it, that's the type of guy that I am going to marry, is the one that picks the right thing to do, because I can't always guarantee that I'm going to pick the right one. I need that person to keep me grounded and help me out with that decision. So that's why I'm pretty much marrying somebody who's like, not me. Thank God. (laughs) Clint says, to me, they're both equally as bad. Daniel says, I respect being friend-zoned more than I respect being ghosted. But sometimes I prefer being ghosted because then I can bitch about it and talk shit about him to my friends. (laughs) And let me tell you, you guys, I have been on the receiving end of that friend that hears about said ghosting situations and or friend zone situations, truth be told. <laughs> Joe says, if I have the feels, then I prefer to be ghosted or dumped. No friend zoning here. They're still going to want to fuck. And I ain't going to stick around just to be a piece of ass. Can't give them that satisfaction. Abraham says, being ghosted. Ghosting says everything that you need to know. I don't want to be friend-zoned. That's happened to me before in my past, and my attitude is if I'm not good enough to date, then I'm not good enough to be your friend. Paul says, friend-zoned. Kelsey says, friend-zoned for sure. James says, I would rather be ghosted because I really just don't want to know why. You've decided to not date me 
in the first place, especially if I really like the guy. And in our community, it's really difficult to really figure out guys, especially at the beginning. And so I just would rather not know. Like if a guy comes at me and wants to friend zone me, that just raises so many more questions. And I want to just say now that we're friends, tell me why you put me in the friend zone. <laughs> oh, I mean, I get where you're going with this. I, I, I just, I guess I just don't really know what to think. <laughs> Curtis says, Regardless of the situation, I'd rather be friends. Being ghosted is such an insult and so immature. It shows that you dodged a bullet. <laughs> oh, God. Agreed. 100%. Jesse says, being ghosted. Alex said, well, this is a very long answer. Because this literally just happened to me last week. After almost two months of seeing and talking with a guy. When I got your text, I literally laughed out loud. And I sent a screenshot of it to him. He actually texted me back and explained to me that he is going to move to New York City for work. My conclusion is that guys don't give each other enough credit for comprehending what's happening. Since I kind of already sensed it. Harrison says, I actually have to read this in my own words because apparently he did Apple dictate and the punctuation and the grammar and the words don't even make sense in certain spots. So uh, bear with me for just a moment. But Harrison says as follows, friend zoning would be the worst because it's like a simulation of torture because both parties know exactly what the other one's intentions are or what they want from one another. And so why just sit there and hang out all the time when one knows what one wants and the other knows what the other wants and what's going to end up happening? I mean, yeah, feelings might change, but I mean, what are they going to change to? I mean, they could change over time or you could just sit there in that moment, in that torture, just knowing that either you want them and they don't want you or vice versa. Yeah, friend zoning? No, thank you. My straight brother Ryan says as follows. Ghosted. They're both cowardly, but at least you can start getting closure this way. Friend zoned is used as their safety net in case they get bored or desperate. I say, don't be a bitch Grow a pair and just break up with them if it isn't working. Michael number two says, both ghosting and friend zoning make you feel like shit. It's like picking the lesser of two evils. And I honestly don't know which I would select, but they both totally suck. David says, friend zoning is the right thing to do. But when you're on the receiving end of being friend zoned, it's not a good feeling because your mind begins to wander and you think if it's actually that or if it's possibly something else and they're just trying to be nice. And I mean, after all, they're being nice in the first place by friend zoning you. So uh, is it really that? Is it like my hair? Is it my teeth? Is it my face? Is it my weight? 
Is it my clothes? Is it, what is it? But the reality of it is, is ghosting is no better because you just don't know. I think if I had to pick, I'd choose ghosting because I really just would rather not know. Then listen to your friend zone and it's potentially something that's full of shit. Brayden says, I ghost. <laughs> so this is actually one of those specific scenarios. And this is one of my closest friends in this world. If you knew this bitch, I mean, you'd be dying right alongside me. But because you don't, you have zero basis of context. But let me just say, Brayden is not unaccustomed to ghosting others. I love how I gave the scenario for you to tell me what you'd prefer the guy to do to you. But yet, Brayden decided to just tell us about how he ghosts people on a regular basis. <laughs> Kyle says, it depends on the previous context of the relationship. If we had been friends before and hung out in the same groups fairly often, friend zone is just fine. But if we weren't already friends and I really liked him, then I think I'd rather prefer ghosting. Kevin says... <laughs> oh my God. You guys, I need new... <laughs> I need new friends. Oh my God. This is the second... Okay. Kevin says as follows. I always friend zone and... I always ghost, but yet the boys keep coming back for more. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Note to self, get some new friends. <laughs> and as usual, all of these answers are just one big giant cluster. Fuck. Of really just all over the place. You guys, wow. <laughs> I just did... I, I really didn't know what to expect when I dropped this question, but like these answers truly are all over the place. And I absolutely love everybody's different individual perspective. And you know, this is exactly what the Your Gay Expose segment is all about. Getting each and every one of your unique opinions on these hard-hitting gay topics. I just fucking love it. And if you didn't get your answer read this week, don't worry, just continue to follow on Instagram and threads at Exposing My Gay. And remember, the funnier the answer, the more likely you'll be read live on the show. And also, you can go to mygayexposepodcast.com and then click the Listen tab, and there you'll find the Your Gay Expose segment question lying there for you to like type in an answer each and every week. And with that, Let's hop into my gay expose and you'll get some real stories of all the times that I was friend zoned. All right, you guys, listen, I wanted to take this quick time out to ask you for a huge favor. I need all of you right now in this moment to go over to Apple Podcasts and click five stars. This helps us in the podcast world out so much more than you will ever know. 
It actually gets us to that trajectory that we're actually already on our way to just a little bit faster. And it makes things start happening. I really just need your help. Please, if you wouldn't mind, just go to Apple Podcasts, click five stars. And if you don't want to click five stars, just, well, keep that click to yourself. (laughs) But you can also rate five stars on Spotify too. So wherever you listen to your podcasts, please, I need your help. Click five stars and allow my gay expose podcast to get to that next best thing. Disclaimer, the following set of stories took place during my gay walk of shame era. So I actually, in this time frame, was not engaged, didn't have a relationship, and it is not present day 2024. So just for the record, as you listen along, please note that I I was single, I was a hoe, and I was not in a relationship. I repeat, not in a relationship. This was my past and not my present. All right, you guys. So here's the thing. I'm no stranger to like long-term committed relationships, as hard as that might be to believe. I mean, I think I've expressed this on the show. Like I had six serious long-term over a year boyfriends in a row. One right after another, my entire time, from the moment I came out of the closet to the moment that I was brought to San Francisco. So I'm not a stranger to being in a committed and monogamous relationship. And, you know, my last relationship, my most recent one, was a fully open relationship in San Francisco. And it was a completely different dynamic than anything that I had ever experienced up to that moment. But I definitely did get a little bit of a taste of what that's like. And could I do that again in the future? Probably. It just depends on the guy. But we all, I feel, are going after our happily ever after. And one of the things that I've learned after, you know, divorcing my ex-husband, being with that next boyfriend for over a year, and then just deciding after that relationship ended, that I was just ready to be single and live my best gay San Francisco life as a single gay and do all of those hookups slash gay walk of shame moments that I'd been hearing about all of my new friends and coworkers because I was still new to San Francisco and hadn't fully made like my tight knit close circle of friendships just yet. And what I was learning was that San Francisco was a city where everybody was single, everybody fucked. And if you were in a relationship, you weren't monogamous, you were fully open and everybody is literally just fucking everybody. And that's the definition of what it means to be a single gay in San Francisco. And that's it. Like, you can't really find, like, a relationship or dating. So what do you do when you finally decide that you're getting to a place in your life where things are going really well for you? And now maybe after years and years of just meaningless hookups and drunk, hot, passionate sexual encounters and 
having sex with guys that you don't necessarily remember having sex with the night before. Just all the different stories that you could ever like come up with in your entire life in regards to doing that gay walk of shame the next day. What happens when you finally decide that you kind of want to start dating again? Well, as I've expressed in the fuck tender episode back in the archives of the show, tender is stereotypically supposed to be in the gay world. The one app that isn't like the grinders, that isn't like the scruffs, that isn't like the jacks, that isn't the hookup app. It's actually supposed to be a dating app. But because the fucking app is so stupid and so overly saturated with people who match with you but then don't ever respond, it just gets a little flaky, a little unpredictable, and you just find yourself swiping, matching, and just feeling frustrated because nothing ever comes of it. And that is the new reputation that Gay Tender has made for itself here in the city of San Francisco. So one day, my friend Abraham and I were having lunch, and he kept talking about this app called Hinge. Now, you guys, listen, I know I might be completely late to the party in regards to the Hinge app itself, but I just kind of ignored it because, like, in my mind, I just didn't want another app to, like, focus on. I was already, like, wasting so much time on the grinders and the scruffs and the tenders that I just didn't really feel like I was capable of doing yet another dating slash hookup app. Like, I I just, no, no thank you. I'll just listen to Abraham's story about a guy he met on Hinge and all of that and just call it a day. But as I started to hang out with Abraham more and more, I realized that a lot of his stories rooted from the hinge meet. So after a while, and after I really started getting super frustrated with Tender, and after dating just became one of those things that was just so fucking hard to maneuver through in San Francisco specifically, period, I realized that maybe it was time to download Hinge and give it a go. I mean, worst case scenario, I hate it. And I deleted, right? But you guys, when I got on the Hinge app, I realized that the way that everything is laid out in regards to where it actually sort of forces you to answer a series of three questions that every guy that comes across your profile has the opportunity to read. So therefore, it's just a little bit more personable. And it's definitely not just like, you know, a hookup dick pic type feel vibe and moment. It's more along the lines of, you're sort of getting to know the likes and the interests of this individual as a person. And so you can sort of see if that person maybe has some of the same interests as you, or if they just seem like they're a little fun and like what they're into, what they're not into. It's all about the person, which really, if we think about it, isn't that dating? It is. So, I mean, this app just seemed to be a little bit more different. It really was so far different, in fact, that it doesn't really have like a LinkedIn bio kind of a situation. So like you just, you don't like set up your fucking biography and just sort of say whatever you want. You just have to answer a series of questions just like everybody else does. And then you put in your stats and where you live and where you're from and how tall you are and all of that bullshit in between. And it really just is, there's a lot of information on one person's profile that you can actually take value away from in regards to deciding whether or not you want to actually interact with this individual. And I actually realized that this hinge thing looked as though it was going to be 
a positive direction in regards to dating? Did I finally find an app that actually would help me along that San Francisco dating journey? Well, not only did I, because I was just sort of enjoying how different this specific app was, I actually text my two besties, Braden and Victor, in our little group thread. And I was like hey, telling them about Hinge and Hinge, you guys, you have to try it. It's so, it's good. I, It's so different. I like it. And neither one of them were on it either. In fact, to a place where I think they're not only both on it now, but also uh, Victor specifically said that he just was like completely and entirely done with Tinder altogether to a place where he just deleted Tinder. And now he's just focusing a little bit more on Hinge. Because at the end of all of it, you guys, all the dicks, all the asses, all the hookups aside, yeah, all of that's fun. And we all love to experience all of that bullshit. But really, at the end of all of it, we just want that fucking happily ever after with that one person that you can call your companion and you truly fall head over heels in love with. That's like the end game fairy tale scenario that I think we all just really want to have. So maneuvering through Hinge was actually quite easy. But okay, and as we sit here, just as a little side note in this moment, at the time of this recording, I am probably about a month new to Hinge. So I'm still learning how to maneuver through. I'm still learning how to interact with people when I match with them, etc. And, you know, it's just like every other app in regards to you get people who seem really interesting and you want to have dialogue go back and forth. And then you get people who just seem super dull, boring, and you just are like, okay, I'm like so bored with this situation. Whatever. So, you know, I decided to meet up with a couple of guys. And this is actually what happened to me a couple of weeks ago, where for the very first time in my entire life, I was actually friend zoned by guys who were specifically looking to date individuals in the same week. Three specific guys that I just wasted way too much time and effort in just to be friend zoned. And so I'm going to tell you the stories about each one of those this week because I just want everyone out there to know that just because you come off as this fun, big personality podcast host that seems to have everything that they want and more, who's super attractive and clearly, but by all the shit that I'm hearing on this show, has no problem landing any guy, any dick, any of it. That shit is not easy for me to. In fact, I feel that it's a little bit harder maybe for me to date these days because now that the show has taken off to a place where when you look me up, that's like one of the first things you're going to find in like regards to anything that is related to me at all whatsoever is this fucking show. And because the show has taken off to a place where it's getting a lot more attention, it's hard to fucking miss. And you guys listen, if you listen along to the show and you've heard any one of the specific episodes that I've talked about, I have no problem being so forward, so blunt, so candid, so nasty, so unfiltered, so deranged, so dirty, so much of a slut. I mean, I know how to pick a dick out of a lineup. I have been dubbed the Castro slut by multiple people. I pretty much just am not that guy 
that you probably want to bring home to mom. I mean, that's just like, it's like, it's like, this is the way that I see myself in dating right now. I feel like dating for me is like, if I'm trying to date a guy and they know that I'm a fucking porn star, I feel like I have the same tough road ahead of me in regards to dating because of all the shit I say on the show, some of them are just a little scared about all of the stuff that they can you know, come by and like the fact that I talk about everything and I really have no skeletons in my closet. It's just really all out there publicly. And honestly, I wouldn't have it any other way. The way I see it is if I end up with any guy, they're just going to have to be fully comfortable with my gay expose podcast and with Ronnie Washburn. And that's just the way it's going to have to be. But that hasn't been easy for me at all. So when I first started dating and the show first started getting successful, I decided to bring it up right at the beginning because I thought that it would be like, you know, you bring it to their attention. And so that way it's like ripping the Band-Aid off the arm, so to speak, so that you can just get all of the bad shit out of the way so they know upfront what they're getting themselves into. But then I found that that was a kind of, it was like almost unanimously, I would never hear from the guy the next day ever again. So then I decided that I wasn't going to talk about the show and that I would talk about anything else besides the show. In fact, when people started asking me what I do for a living, even though I consider my writing and my podcasting to be my primary, like, function in life at this moment, I started telling people I'm a restaurant manager because I didn't even... And sometimes I didn't even want to go there. Sometimes I would just say I work at a restaurant because I would just wanted people to know that part first. And maybe if things go well, we could talk about the show later. But it's really hard, you guys. Like, what would you do? Because on one hand, you have a situation where they find it up front and then they don't want to talk to you ever again. And then on the other hand, you have a situation where you invest too much time into them. And then suddenly they, like, they're like, well, fuck. Now there's this thing. And now that you've invested all this time, you just officially get friend zone. And let's all just be honest. When you get friend zoned, that very nicely means that they're probably never going to talk to you ever again. They just actually had the balls to not ghost you. That's really, to me, what the definition of being put into the friend zone means. (laughs) So guy number one met him on Hinge. He seemed really great. We were chatting for a few weeks. And finally, one day he asked me if I would be willing to meet him out. So he was new to San Francisco. And so that can be a little bit dangerous because any person who's new to the city really just definitely doesn't want to settle down right away. They want to explore. They want to see all the guys out there. They want to do the things and fuck the dicks and eat the ass and all of it. They just really want to experience gay life in San Francisco before they decide that they want to be with people. So I met this guy at a bar. We had a couple of drinks. We really hit it off well. I mean, I don't think I have to tell any of you that I am pretty much good at dating because I have such a fun and outgoing personality that most people like me. That's not a hard thing for me to do. But then when you get to a place where we start to talk about the show, that's where things get a little iffy and kind of goes downhill from there. So somehow in this night out, The show came up. I think he actually brought it up because I think he noticed it because I have my Instagram linked to my Hinge account. So he basically 
found out about the show, asked questions about it. I explained what it was, blah, 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 etc. And it didn't seem to face him or affect him. He seemed really into it. He seemed cool with it. Everything seemed fine. We ended up going to another bar. And then the next thing I know, we're in this tiny ass San Francisco bar. It's packed full to the brim to a place where people are standing because it's so full. And we're sitting at the very end of the bar and we're just like fucking full on making out profusely. Just like full on making out. Everything is just like, oh, the the kissing was so good. Like he was such a good kisser. It just felt right. I mean, that might have something to do with the fact that it was like after my fourth drink of the night and maybe I was just feeling a little bit more euphoric in that moment. But it definitely was hitting all the, like all the boxes were being checked. Like this guy seemed really great. So then he was like, let's go to my place. We called an Uber. We went to his place. We walked in and it was literally just a matter of moments before, I mean, clothes were flying off, hot, passionate sex. Things were going great. Wow, oh my God, it was everything you wanted and more. Like the best way that you could possibly ever describe any sexual encounter. We both got naked. We got in his room. We were just like making out and rubbing up against each other. Sex started happening. Things were going so well. He was on his back on his bed. I was on top of him. We were making out, making out, making out. And all of a sudden, you know, in the midst of me making out with him profusely, I decided to kind of pull back and open my eyes. And you guys, to my complete and total fucking horror, there was like blood all over his fucking face. And when I say there was blood all over his face, I don't mean that there was just blood. It was like a fucking crime scene, like all over his face, his neck, all over the pillow that he was laying on. It literally looked like somebody fucking got shot (laughs) on that bed. And I realized that my fucking nose was bleeding. (laughs) I don't feel like I have to tell you how mortified I was. I was just like, oh my God, this is the worst thing ever. How I'm so embarrassed. So I ran to the restroom and immediately started cleaning myself up. And I was just like, oh, I can't face him. This is so embarrassing. What do I do? And, you know, so we ended up like finishing things off. Like we both got off and... As I'm, you know, getting dressed after having sex, it was very clear that he was sort of really wanting me to go. I was like, okay. So I got the hint. I got up. I started getting dressed and we started talking and I just, you know, was profusely apologizing for the blood and all of this situation and how embarrassed I was and all of it. And he seemed so sincere, so amazing, so great about things. And he even to a place where, like, he was like, don't worry about it. It's fine. It happens. It's not a big deal. Like... Blah, blah, blah. It's like, I was just like, oh, I'm never going to talk to this guy ever again. But you guys, he continued to text me. He continued to like, we continued to go back and forth via text. So it, it, it sort of made me think that he really just didn't even care about the blood situation. I mean, our like sexual encounter was so passionate and the chemistry just felt so on point. It just felt so perfect that we both couldn't deny that there was definitely something that I think that whether or not it would be getting together or dating, we could per, like pursue moving forward. So the next day, or not? Or no, it was like two days later, I sent him a good morning text and I got this reply. So he responded with, good morning. Also, I wanted to be upfront and honest with you. 
I think I really love your energy and really love us being friends or friends with benefits. If you'd also like that. So you guys, listen, I I took this as he wanted to be fuck buddies, really, at the end of all of it. And honestly, like, he was a really fun guy. Like, I would love to be friends with him. He seemed like a lot of fun. We clicked really well. Even if we just, like, never had sex ever again, I'd be perfectly okay with that. And so this is how I took it, that he just really wanted to, like, fuck around and maybe just be friends. And I was fine with that. But, and so that's how I took it. And then I was like, yeah, I would love that. And I like your energy as well. So then he responded with the part that just confused the fuck out of me. Thank you for being so cool about this. And then I realized, like, he was basically telling me that I was being friend-zoned. So in other words, he thought that I was trying to pursue him romantically, like, to date him, to, like, potentially be with him, when in reality, I wasn't even thinking in that headspace. But when he sent me the thank you for being cool about this, I was just like, holy shit. He just very nicely friend zoned me when I didn't even think that like literally it was just one fucking date. Like I didn't expect us to be like dating next week or anything. I just I was so confused. So that was guy number one, which I still don't fully understand 100 percent. But like, okay, fine. Guy number one, I obviously was friend zoned by. Guy number two was a little bit more annoying, I think, because he's the one who was, like, persistent. He's the one who continued to pursue me. Like, we would chat and I would, like, kind of not respond. And he would keep coming back and keep coming back and keep coming back. Now, this guy insisted that he didn't do first hookups or random hookups. He had to go on a couple of dates first to feel out if, like, the guy was, if he was into the guy or not, which I totally got. So I agreed. We went out on a first dinner date and you I was surprisingly shocked by how well it went. Like we clicked really really well. And he was very charming, a lot more handsome than I expected him to be in person. Uh, it, it, all the boxes were checked there. We even made a second date for a week following. Uh, it, we, it was around Thanksgiving holidays, so we both had a lot going on and blah, 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 etc. So we decided to revisit. But all along, we were texting back and forth regularly. And so the vibe that I got from this guy was that he was really maybe a little bit more into me than I was into him. So, but that's fine. Like, I just want to see what happens and how this goes. So he got tickets to a, like a Broadway play that was playing here in the city. And it was kind of a a really well-known one. And so he had asked me if I would like to join him for that specific play. And I, again, would, oh my God, I would love to. I love going to musicals. And so I did just that. And again, we hit it off. We had such a fucking good time. It was amazing. And then he dropped me off at home after the play. And I decided that I was going to wait to text him for a couple of days and then just follow up. So I did just that. And when this guy actually, you know, followed up and you guys, I I would like to stress throughout these, all these situations, these were all guys that I was texting back and forth all day, every day, regularly. And so it sort of seemed like they were really all in, like things were going well, we were getting to know each other. This isn't just like this one or two random dates and then they friend zone me. It's not, it's not all that. It's a whole hell of a lot more 
that's involved here, a lot of time and effort that's like put into all of this. And I, I just sort of felt like I wasted my time when I got like these friend zone situations. But a couple of days later, I checked in with him and I was like, hey, how's everything going? And his response uh, was as follows. Things are going pretty well. Thanks. Hope all is well with you. I've been thinking about it. And I wanted to tell you that I had a great time on our dates, but I definitely felt more of a friend vibe. I also enjoy your creativity and it would be fun to collaborate on some project sometime. So friend zoned once again. So after all of this time and effort, I was once again friend zoned. You guys, here's the thing. I don't give a shit. I'll move on. And I'm perfectly okay with being friends with these guys. But when they like, uh, like make me feel like it's more than a friendship and then somehow they're being honest with me, which is really great and friend zoning me. It's like, why did I just waste this whole fucking month going back and forth with this person, spending all this time and energy into this person only to find that they have been thinking about it and they just felt more of a friend vibe. I was like, ugh, get the fuck out of here. So it was, that was the second one. And you guys, no joke, in the same week. So guy number three, I actually had invested the most time with since like fucking October. And as I sit here recording in this moment, we're like at the very tail end of December. So this was the most involved situation. Now, I met this guy through a group of mutual friends, and we just, like, so hit it off at this specific event. He started asking me out to, like, different little things that he had going on, little, like, activities and plans and out for a drink and a dinner here and an event there and this and that and whatever. And I, I was really fucking enjoying him. He was a lot of fun. I actually think that out of the three, this is the one that I liked the most. But things were going really well. Well, then, literally in the same fucking week, after months and months of trying to figure out what's going on, we even made out a few times after dates, etc. He fucking sends me this text last night telling me about some amazing sexual encounter that he had with this guy that he randomly met and he was so overwhelmed with how amazing it was. Like I was being friend zoned, you guys, by this guy that I had been seeing that was clearly more than just a friendship. And he basically was telling me a story about some sex he just had as if I was a friend. I was being friend zoned without being friend zoned. I was just made to believe that now I guess I'm just a fucking friend. So that's the story of all three guys in one week that I've been friend zoned. <laughs> you know, whether it's me, whether it's the show, I don't really, whether it's San Francisco, I really don't know what it is, but I got a little frustrated because it literally happened back to back to back. So I called one of my besties and I started like venting to him and like, I'm so over this dating thing. This is complete bullshit. Like, why am I wasting my time with these people and all of this effort and all of this only to find that I'm fucking being friend zoned with each one all in the same fucking week. And I was literally like a very close friend. So I asked him, like, is there something wrong with me? Is there something that I 
exude that people may not be into. Like, I don't get it. Like, I don't understand it. Like, why is this literally happening to me all at once? It doesn't fucking make sense. And honestly, it really just makes me want to stop dating completely and entirely. Because, like, I don't want to put my fucking shit through that ever again. And, you know, of course, the friend was like, consoling me and assuring me that it's not me. It's definitely San Francisco. San Francisco's hard to date. He's he himself is a very attractive guy and has equally the same issues dating and doesn't understand why either and multiple friends that we have mutually same story. It's just very much a San Francisco thing. Even my two besties I mentioned earlier in the exposé, the ones Braden and Victor who like they're my two best friends. They've had the toughest time dating and they're both equally very attractive. It's just, I'm just beginning to realize the more I maneuver through life, San Francisco is just really that fucked up place when you want to date. And after I got off the phone with my friend that night, he actually sent me a text that made me feel just a little bit better. So he sent me, it was like a screenshot of something that he had found online where it was basically this person who was posting something that said as follows. Over the years, I have dated a lot of dudes who were, quote, not in a place to date me seriously, unquote. And I just realized that that place, the place in question, is San Francisco. And it was like so perfect that he found this random thing floating around in the internet that really just defines what it means to date in San Francisco. So in regards to whether or not it's you or the other guy, it's not. It's just fucking San Francisco. When you try to date in San Francisco, all you're going to find is that every guy that you try to go out with, they're just going to fucking friend zone you. And that's it. What do we learn today, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, guys and straights, hot chuck tops and bossy power bottoms, gender fluid and non-binary, bisexuals and lesbians, transgender and questioning? Well, I'd like to think that we learned a whole hell of a lot. I actually learned a lot this week, you guys. I learned that all of you out there have this fondness for picking to be ghosted over actually being friend zone. And truthfully, that's not actually a response that I expected, but it sort of really makes me think about it a little bit more and realize that, yeah, you know, honestly, being ghosted and being friend zoned, it's kind of the same outcome. But which one stings more, right? Like, which one stings more to you? That's actually the question that I would actually pose to all of you to respond to. So, Give me a call at the official My Gay Expose podcast hotline at 415-501-0401. That's 415-501-0401. Call in, leave a message, and tell me which is your preference. Being friend zoned or being ghosted and tell me all the reasons why. <laughs> oh god, this should be interesting. 
And with that, don't forget to follow on Apple Podcasts, click five stars, follow on Spotify, and don't forget to turn on those notifications so that you can catch wind of each and every episode of My Gay Expose podcast right when it drops. Follow on Instagram, TikTok, Threads, and Positive Plus One, all at Exposing My Gay. And don't forget to check out the official show website, mygayexposepodcast.com. And there you'll find any information that you need to know about the show, including the official show question for the Your Gay Expose segment each and every week. And don't forget to check out the official show merch line, Bossy Power Bottom Wear at RonnieWashburn.com. That's R-A-O-N-I Washburn.com and pick your next piece for your upcoming gay and or pride-related event or just shit that you want to wear around to the gym to ensure that you will get fucked by that hot jock top in the showers. And you guys, please, 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 I need all of you to help me out by donating to my AIDS Life Cycle Journey Link in this week's show notes, link in all of my social media bios, link in all of my websites. If you pretty much just Google Ronnie Washburn, you will find a way to donate to my AIDS life cycle journey. And don't forget to join us next week for another messy, salacious and relatable episode with me exposing my gay. I'm Ronnie Washburn and I will friend zone you or, you know, no, wait, I'll ghost you. No, 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 no. I'll friend zone you. No, maybe I'll just fucking ghost your bitch ass. Uh, no, maybe I'll friend zone you. That's the right thing to do. Uh, okay, I'll pick one of two to do to all of you next time. Expose has been brought to you by Bossy Power Bottom Productions. Want to know more? Go to bossypowerbottom.com and find out for yourself what it truly means to bottom like a boss with Bossy Power Bottom Productions.